Welcome. You're listening to Mystic Moon Cafe Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Mystic Moon Cafe. This is June, and we have Wendy with us. Here Hi, I Wendy. am. Hi. Yay. Yay, and we have wonderful Jacob working the studio tonight. Hi, Jacob. Hi, guys. Thank you for joining. Yay. Yay. So, Wendy, yes. Yes. tell us how your week was. It was kind of another splat week, but, I'm you know, so I had that last-minute cancellation on the on the doggy sitting. and. Aww. So far. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, well. <laughs> I know, I know. Yes, and uh, yeah, you know, today was not too bad. I was trying to think what, what all I've, have I done um, since the last time I was on, because I wasn't on last week, was I? No, yeah, I was on last week. Oh, my gosh, yes. Yes, you were, <laughs> Thank you. you were Where was I? You were amazing. You <laughs> Who were, am I? You were at least on the audio. We don't know about <laughs> where the rest of you was but. oh goodness <laughs> uh, it's just been just crazy lately um but anyway you know investigation after the another and uh this saturday we have the supernatural fair is it called the supernatural fair or just supernatural um, supernatural days in tacoma days. Okay. yes in tacoma Ooh. so if you're around tacoma um look up supernatural days and come by and see us uh ross will be speaking we'll have our own little booth we're gonna have you know i was thinking about putting up a sign um that says you know I don't know. People who use, you know, spirit boxes are just fast food ghost hunters. Please change my mind. (laughs) (laughs) We could do that. I love the drama. Or do you want to touch my booth? Yeah, my booth. (laughs) That'd be cute. Or if you show me your orbs, I'll show you mine. Oh. (laughs) Maybe not. I don't want to see some somebody's orbs. Well, I'm I'm a little curious here. Um, About my Jacob, orbs? Oh, no, sorry. no, no. <laughs> your orbs are your business. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Jacob, are you on where everybody can hear you, or are we just having these phantom conversations? Oh, no. no, no, I I, I am <laughs> okay. on. Well, so when you, when you ask me, or I need to throw some snark in okay. there, you better believe mm-hmm. I'm coming on. Mm-hmm. But okay, ladies, good, good, good. you are yes. the hostesses with the mostesses. I know, but it's well, nice to include duh. you on some things, Jake. <laughs> we don't want to leave you out. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, I did the website, and I'm doing chat, and I'm, I'm tweaking uh, buttons over here in the studio. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, yeah, but if you mean a, you're you're playing, you're pretending you're me. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> we should talk about the drama we had. Well, I don't know if everyone had really bad internet today, and like Facebook was hating you with pictures, but like that was everywhere, and the yes, studio yeah. and my computer did not want to talk to each other today, and so. Yep. We had high drama right before the music played. <laughs> <laughs> that is true because I couldn't find my, uh, I, I couldn't hear anybody again. And I was just like, what the hell? <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I couldn't find my phone. And, you know, it was just like, so it just happened everywhere. And then today at work, it was so slow. The, you know, everything was slow. Emails, everything. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, are we having a, uh, you know, 
the technology revolution? Is it <laughs> uh, is it going to be like uh, what's what's one of my favorite movies with the cars and all the technology oh, all of a sudden? Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 Night Rider. I'm talking the ones where they rebel against humanity and try to kill us all. You you mean like the Terminator? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, that mm-hmm. could be a two. <laughs> I forget the name of the big corporation yeah. that Skynet the... attack. Skynet. Skynet yes, that's, attack. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> or was it Bellstar Galactica? Xylon attack. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> no, I was actually kind of talking about the one where the uh, the cars kind of start first. Oh, you know, is, oh, that was the Stephen um, King movie. Stephen right? King. Yeah, yeah I can't King? remember the name. Maximum the Overdrive. Lab. Maximum yes, Overdrive. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's it. But that was like good. And then I think technology started taking over too after the call. <laughs> yeah. Now we have the artificial intelligence, which is probably what was going on today. The bad guys, AI, went after the cloud today. Yes. I bet we'll read that one tomorrow. We're not doing conspiracies tonight. Is campfire tales? I'm oh, that's saying. right. Tonight is campfire tales. It's yes. the ghosts and axe murderers tonight. Maybe next <laughs> week we can go back to government conspiracy though there we go yeah a little bit of it anyway a little bit oh no we got linda next week so the week after that yes (laughs) that sounds like a good plan that it does so well um shall we start go ahead and get started i i believe kevin uh malik is on the line he's a a historian Oh, we're having a little uh, feedback, or, or um, not feedback, but echo. Echo, thank you. Mm-hmm. I can't form oh, words, so that should be, <laughs> that should be fun. That should be. Mm-hmm. Well, so, now, now Kevin, we get to are hear the with... tale twice. Yes, that's Ooh. right. So, everyone, we are going to have spooky story night tonight, and hopefully we are going to have some really good ones to give you some goosebumps tonight. So, Kevin, are you there with us? I am. Hello. How's Yay. everyone? Good evening. How are you doing today? Good. And originally Jennifer wasn't going to be with us because she had a reading tonight, mm-hmm. but we just got word that uh, that was canceled. So oh, Jennifer is cool. with us too. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> well, how was your technology today? It was wonky like everyone else. I was just wondering. Mm-hmm. Just wondering. Because we, we're not going to talk conspiracies, but we're, we're very suspicious. <laughs> Well, I am too, and uh, I respect that you guys want to stay on theme tonight. Otherwise, I would dive into that myself. <laughs> Undoubtedly. No, no, Kevin, if you want to talk lake monsters and stuff, we can put lake monsters in anytime you need to put lake monsters in. That is true. Lake monsters is Kevin's uh, one of Kevin's many pages on Facebook. Uh, check it out. Lake monstrosities. Monstrosities. I have my my apologies. Oh no problem. It's the largest aquatic mysteries group on Facebook. It's dedicated to aquatic mysteries and wonders of all kinds. You know, uh, like uh, lake monsters and ghost ships and haunted houses and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, go check it out. If anyone's listening, uh, check out Lake Monstrosities. I'll put that in the chat. I beat you to it, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) There it goes. Yes, if you'd like to join us on chat tonight, go to mysticmooncafe.com and... Uh... Oh, that didn't work. Oh, well, yes, we've, got, go we've got a big old banner that says Spooky Story Night on it, so you can just click mm-hmm. that. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. All right, Kevin. Take it away. Well, 
what I'll do is, uh, of course, the best the best information that we can offer is the stuff that we can validate, that we can say this is factual, this is true. Uh, we decided that we were going to share experiences that happened to us. Great. Tonight. Uh, the the first one I'm going to share I've only shared once before um, uh, a couple years ago on on Jim Harold's campfire tales actually uh, oh nice so yeah and I haven't talked about this anywhere else so I figured oh, this is perfect for tonight uh, <clears throat> so what this was is uh, we did an investigation at the summer wind ruins uh, once known as the summer wind mansion or Lilac Hills. Uh, they've done episodes on it on TV and whatnot. And uh, it, 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 as far as Wisconsin goes, it's considered one of the most haunted places. Now, the mansion has burned down, but there's still paranormal activity there. And I can attest to this because one night we uh, had the honor to investigate it as a team just us nobody else no you know uh sometimes they do like uh you know events and stuff there it, this was uh totally isolated as far you know it was just us five that were out there that night and uh, one of the reports out there is shadow people and i in all my years i've never seen a ghost before or a shadow person okay uh, okay Two separate things, quite possibly, uh, quite probably, but be that as it may, they can be mistaken for one another and whatnot. <clears throat> Either way, I hadn't seen anything like that before. So at, there was a part of our investigation where we were going to do an EVP session in what's called the basement. It was part of the basement. It's the only part of the ruins that you can still go inside of that's got actually got a ceiling over your head. And we had three investigators uh, standing still doing an EVP session, taking turns asking questions. And I was the fourth member standing just a bit off to them, filming it with a night vision camera, a high eight, um, a high uh, uh, Sony high eight night vision camera. So, uh, and the last member was at the other end of the uh, the property at the nerve center we set up. We had set up cameras everywhere. And uh, so as they're going along and they're filming this, and as I, for, for whatever reason, I decide to pan over out of the archways of summer when there's these, these archways that are concrete, old rock archways from many years ago. Neat. And yeah, they're, they're really neat looking. So I, I pan out and I'm looking, of course, I'm looking in the monitor and all of a sudden I see this black smoky something and I'm looking at it. And I'm like, that looks like black smoke, you know? So right away I go, is anybody smoking? You know, like we're not supposed to be smoking cigarettes while we're investigating. Right. Uh, and everyone's like, no, no. And I'm like, well, I, I think I just caught something really cool on the camera well uh we get home of course you know we had watched it a couple times and 
the screen, although I could see the smoke, it was hard to distinguish. When we got home uh, and we put it on the big screen, the smoky thing I saw was a figure. It was a shadow figure. And it had come walking down the hill as I was filming. What I thought was black smoke was this shadow figure. Oh, wow. It walks across the way. And then I asked if, if everybody if they're smoking. They say no. And I say, well, I think I caught something really effing cool. <laughs> and, um, and then on the video, you see it walk back the way it came. Like it walked up the hill after I said that. Like it came down to check out what we were doing. And then I was like, oh, you know, I caught something on camera. And then it turned around and walked back. Um, mm. But uh, that was really interesting. And you can go to the Northern Wisconsin Paranormal Society like page. Uh, it's, it's one of the videos. I film it from my phone onto the big screen. So it's not the direct video feed. And it only shows uh, the figure walking one way because I didn't want to have this. At the time, I – what was I saying? Do we have sound? Is everything okay? No. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Oh, sound yeah. great. Oh, yeah. oh, right, right. So, yeah, and, and the other thing was uh, the, there was no noise. You couldn't hear anybody walking. We had cameras, you know, about. So we went, you know, as we watched all the other evidence, thinking, well, maybe was somebody walking? Was there, you know, someone else on the property? No, there was nothing. Nobody was walking. There was no reason for that shadow to be where it was. Okay. So as far as legitimate paranormal activity, I saw, I didn't see it with my eyes as far as I wasn't watching it. I saw it on the monitor as it was happening on, on the screen, the, the little screen on my camera. It's actually not a dinky screen. It's, it's a, you know, nice little size screen, but, uh, yeah, I mean, as far as creep factor goes, to know that you can go to an abandoned place in, in the middle of the boonies and, and come across shadow people that are visible that you yeah. can pick up with the camera. And they have other cameras rolling to, you know, Again, like nobody was walking up on the parapet. Nobody had snuck on the property. We had cameras everywhere. There was no sound of anybody walking down the hill. Oh, wow. And so it was, it was completely documented. Um, as far as spirit cases, and I don't know how creepy that is. I know what Jennifer will share would probably be more creepy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and th- the other, that's, that's my only, uh, I've seen paranormal evidence collected. But as far as witnessing something with my own eyes and something that really made me think. And actually, like an hour earlier from when that happened, uh, the two investigators were in the basement while the three of us were at the nerve center. And as they were doing the EVP session, a rock came flying in. And that's one of the other phenomenons about summer. When is rock throwing or flying? Oh, my. They've come flying right out of the, the uh, foundation. You know, um, and this has been documented by more than one party. Wow. For us, we documented it this way. Um, we don't, you don't see the rock anywhere, like on anything we recorded visually, but on the audio, you can hear the rock come flying in and hit the concrete ceiling, floor, and wall. You know, it sounded like it was a good size, you know, pebble 
or like a small rock, like something you find on a driveway or something. Being you know? thrown with force at that. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, what was that? You know? <laughs> well, we don't throw rocks at our people. We're yeah, aware. You hope not. We have a you camera don't. on us. That's just me. <laughs> just you, Wendy. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's pretty. That's really something. Now, what's the backstory on it? Do you know, Kevin? As as the historian, I thought you oh, might have Summerland? it. Oh, mm-hmm. we could do a whole show on Summerland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. It was it was the second episode featured on a haunting. I think yeah. I remember it uh, actually. Hmm. Uh, the it used it started out as a, a fishing resort up in northern Wisconsin. It's not far from the border. Of Michigan, it's in Landu Lakes. Okay. Okay. Know the area. So it, it's it's pretty close to the border. Um, the 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 fishing uh, resort was was bought up. They had uh, turned it into a mansion. Like they tore down whatever they needed to, and they built this beautiful mansion there. Wow. The Lamont family, and um, uh, the story goes that Mr. and Mrs. Lamont were eating dinner at the table. And before that this event happened, the servants had complained about haunted activity because there's a certain a servants' quarters too. Um, uh, Lamont uh, had a, a position of power in the government, so okay. they had money. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyways, they were sitting there, and a figure had come through the basement door and he noticed him. he had his pistol there he shot at it of course the the figure disappeared and the bullet holes were in the door until it burned down which burned down in in 1987 wow Wow. So, so then that freaked them out they sold it to another lady who actually sat on it for uh a couple decades and she uh, it's it's been written that she had uh, rented the place out to and let ma- like the mafia meet there um, to have meetings and whatnot, secret meetings and stuff. That's mm-hmm. I, I've read that in books. So, so uh, a lot was, of bad energy, that's for sure. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, of course, you know, when they're meeting, they're meeting on conspiring crimes, right? I mean, that's what they do. That's your Generally, business. Generally, yep. <laughs> yeah, and who knows what else they were doing? And, yeah. Right, and they're dangerous people. So, right. So, so they have a, a small little element to this. So, anyhow, time goes by. Uh, we'll pick up the story in the '70s, which is the Hinshaws, and now that is uh, the story that a haunting focused on. The Hinshaw story. They, they, you know, they show uh, the father playing the hammer organ and then like two in the morning, all this creepy music, and the kids are <laughs> out and and mm-hmm. you know. So there's a there's a whole there's like a, a whole period where all that's going on. After that, they moved out. The house remained empty. Harold and Tracy, Harold bought Tracy. Uh, uh, Harold and Tracy Babs, thank you. They're the current owners. He had bought the home for his wife as a present. She wanted something very cool and very eccentric. Then he went out and he bought her the most haunted house in Wisconsin. <laughs> that's cool great. and eccentric. Yeah, so that's true. <laughs> comes home with the deed to Summerwind. A couple <laughs> years later, it burns down. 
Wow. There's three theories. One is lightning, which was presented by the news, right? Okay. The second was that high schooler kids burned it down because that last 10 years before it burned down, Summerwind became a, a true mecca for any high schooler in northern Wisconsin. There was like yeah. right to passage. You had to party at Summerwind. Right. And <laughs> I, as a high schooler, had partied at Summerwind before it burned down. You know, it was no parents around in the middle of nowhere, scoop, mm-hmm. you know, spooky, creepy, perfect spot, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so one of the rumors was that high schooler kids burned it down. The third rumor was that the town burned it down because oh. they were tired of the parties and the kids and all <laughs> the people. And um, and actually, recently, uh, some evidence has come to light that suggests the possibility that that theory may hold some water and that's uh, uh, and choosing my words wisely when i say that <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah and i i kind of i used to believe that the second theory i never believed the first theory mm-hmm. uh, as, as, as but now i i'm giving the third theory more consideration can you know and there's an article about it in the Supernatural magazine called uh, I can't remember. Um, if you type in Summerwind, it should pop up. I would I would think that Summerwind. Uh, we've written two articles for the Supernatural magazine regarding Summerwind over the years. We write for Supernatural magazine. Uh, myself. Very and, cool. Uh, for for those people that know, um, we're with the Northern Wisconsin Paranormal Society Limited. I'm a paranormal historian and ufologist, and Jennifer is a psychic demonologist. Uh, we run a society of 20 members, uh, many of which uh, are experienced, come from different professions. Mm-hmm. They bring their academics and training into the, the society, mm-hmm. and we're able to help families that way. It's a 501c3 nonprofit, and we're 10 years old this year. Mm-hmm. Happy and of birthday. We have- yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And we have the radio show uh, Paraversal Universe, which is heard on uh, a few different networks, uh, produced by WBHM, also heard on WCET and the Rift Radio Network, um, and High Point Radio. So anyways, that's us. I just figured I'd put that out there because I don't know if anyone even knows, you know, you said Kevin's a historian. That was about it. So I- oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry. Yeah, um, I and- I. Went it for a loss. There's, I apologize. Yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. We we cover eight categories of the unknown and unexplained, mm-hmm. and uh, so so we have like a thousand over a thousand books here just on the unknown and unexplained. Uh, so we cover uh, more than just ghosts. You know, uh, the categories as it stands uh, would be ghosts and haunted places. Aliens and UFOs, cryptids and monsters, theology and mythology, metaphysics, forbidden archaeology and ur- urban legend. Cool. I'm sorry, forbidden archaeology, urban legend and folklore, and conspiracies. So, did I name? I believe I did, right? Two, three, four. That's anyway. <laughs> I don't have. That's just coming from my head. But yeah. So anything, basically anything in the unknown and unexplained, can be put in one of those eight categories. It will fall somewhere within them. And cool. so we try not to limit ourselves to any one thing, uh, for a few reasons. One is we're in the middle of nowhere, and you know it's not like 
you know, uh, we don't have as many cases overall as let's say someone in New York or California may get. Mm-hmm. Right. Is that we are in the Northwoods and we also do the paracryptozoology and the cryptozoology, the Bigfoot, the, the cryptids, dogmen, all that kind of thing. Cool. Uh, and as a ufologist, former, formerly with MUFON, uh, you know, we cover that. We have two ufologists in our society, myself and Mike Lucas, who also runs a UFO Wisconsin research team, uh, who used to be the state Wisconsin MUFON director. So uh, we're real fortunate that we have a lot of people in our society that can bring some kind of caliber to the table. It really helps out. And everything we do. That's keeps awesome. everybody all interested and, and going better, I'm sure. Exactly. Well, it's taken a while, but, you know, I'm, I'm, we're really happy with the, you know, we have a, a very low turnover. I know some paranormal societies all have different investigators every month. Um, we've had the same crew, you know. Basically, the turnover rate is almost, the only time people leave is, like, if they move out of, if they're moving out of state. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, right. you know, uh but my other experiences, uh, my the, the scariest experience I've ever had in my life had to do with a UFO. Wow. I don't know if that is if that counts as a campfire story. If it's scary, it works. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <Yep. laughs> exactly. All right. I'd love to hear this, it. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. This is uh, this happened in the 1990s. Uh, I'm I'm 47 now. I was in my uh, I think it was like 20 when this happened. Anyways, it was middle of summer, and it was nighttime out, and I was sleeping on a couch. Uh, right next to a giant picture window, and of course the window had many panes, really big, big ones. It also had three windows level to the couch that you can open and I had the windows open but you could see the whole sky so I'm sleeping there in a dead sleep and and by the way I never wake up like this but all of a sudden my eyes popped wide open I was lying on my back with my head straight up my eyes popped wide open and my head turned to the right and I looked out at the night sky without even thinking to myself well you just woke up or anything I just popped my eyes open, I turned my head, and here is this orange oval object shooting back and forth across the sky really fast in what appeared to be like a grid pattern of some kind, like it was looking for something, mm-hmm. like one way, then the other way, then the other way. And when this, while this was happening, I can hear the neighbor's dog. At first it was barking, and then it started whining. And right when it started whining, the aviary upstairs from where I was sleeping, there's an aviary with like 50 birds that are bred, uh, cockatiels, cockatoos, parakeets, stuff like that. They have this thing that's called night fright. It's when something scares them. And in the middle of the night when they're sleeping, and they start flapping their wings, right? Well, all of a sudden, the the room upstairs erupts into night fright. And you can hear them. And, they, and it's violent. They break their wings and stuff. It's no oh, joke. Oh, man. Really oh. loud. I mean, 
So Seen at this point, my, mm-hmm. my, my, my head, something's telling me, Kevin, you need to hide. You're in danger. I felt I was in serious danger. So I got up and I went and I literally crouched down behind this lazy boy, this chair. Mm-hmm. And I waited a couple minutes. And, I, and I'm thinking about this. The birds die down. The dog stops. Uh, the, 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 the crickets and stuff finally return to the swamp. Because you can hear the swamp too. And the swamp, it, this, like when this was going on, when I can hear the dog, I couldn't hear swamp or anything or the usual noise. As I sat there, I can hear the swamp noise return. And at that point, I felt like, okay, it's been a couple minutes. Go check it out. And I got up and I checked it out. And that thing was gone. Wow. And and uh, I felt like whatever it was, if it knew that I knew that it was there, it could do anything it wanted to me, and there would be nothing I could do about it. Mm-hmm. I feel like my spidey sense had kicked in while I was sleeping and said, Kevin, you're in danger. Mm-hmm. It woke me up. I don't think I was hallucinating. I don't think I was dreaming because there were other animals that were also affected. Right. It's <laughs> legitimacy to this. That's to quite me. a coincidence if that well, didn't, if that well, wasn't uh, the case. Yeah. Well, if, if that didn't happen, then that's when you say, well, is that a dream? Or, you know what I'm saying? Or, right. or just like, whoa, you know. But this wasn't a dream. I mean, I, I clearly woke up. I looked out. I, and when, when I say orange, it was like a, uh, I want to say like a, a fuzzy, like a hazy orange color and it was oval because it was going so fast now if as far as size goes if i were to take a billiard ball and hold it up to the sky in relative to where i'm standing that would be about the size of it oh wow but it, like i said it was you know so it was shooting back and forth and uh I, I don't know if it was looking for me i don't know if it was looking for something else i, I can't even tell you if it was a nuts and bolts craft or something supernatural, or an entity that could have been a demon. For all I know, I have I can't tell you. I I don't know, but I know it was unholy. I know it bothered myself. It bothered the birds. It bothered the dog. It bothered all the creatures in the swamp, mm. and it scared me. And I was an adult by that point, you know. Yeah. Um, no missing time. Nothing like that. Uh, I haven't had any nightmares. I haven't had. I know. All, I know the symptom list to look for. You know, it's it's actually. You know, there's quite a few things on it. That, you know, if you've been abducted by aliens, you might be. You know, <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah. So that's that's my experience. Oh wow, that, that, that would really be scary, terrifying. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Especially I'm hearing hoping... all those birds. When those birds start flapping, that's the loudest freaking noise. It is. It sounds like a bunch of grouse flying off at the same time. It's yeah. super loud. I'm going to let Jen sit here. Take the mic. Oh, well, thank okay. you. Well, thank you for sharing, and we'll oh. talk to you August 7th. Yay. Oh, I'm sure I'll come. I, I'm still here, so. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, <laughs> okay, guys, good. But I'm just going to let Jennifer start. Okay. I should share is what I should do. <laughs> Hello. Hi, Hi. Thanks for Hi. joining us. Thanks for having me on. Um, Absolutely. Do we have time before commercial? Oh gosh, yeah. We just had the one we we were we're we've been playing with some time. Um, our our 
she's not really a sponsor, but she lets us use her network. So um, she asked if we would play one, and we we were just uh, discussing on when we should do it. <laughs> yeah, if you want to do that, I can. You guys can take oh, no. the commercial break. Let, come no, back it's okay. And I... it, it, yeah, it's please, okay. that's fine. Yeah, okay. go ahead and go ahead and tell the story. We're all about the stories. I when you're done, I'll play the uh, promotion. Okay. So my encounter started when I was a teenager. Um, as my husband Kevin said, I am a psychic medium. Mm-hmm. So I grew up seeing spirits. These two encounters that I had were in my childhood home when I was a teenager. I was between 14 and 16. And the first encounter I had, now my encounters I'm going to be talking about is an entity known as the Hat Man. Mm. And I don't know that one. Um, what had happened was I was home one night during the summer and I was 14 and my sister wasn't home and my parents were gone for the weekend. We had a two level house and the floors upstairs had carpeting. So if somebody was walking around upstairs, you could hear the footsteps on the carpet. Oh, sure. I was sitting down there one Friday night watching TV that particular Friday night by myself at eight o'clock when I started hearing footsteps upstairs. I lowered the volume on the TV, on the, with the remote on the TV, and I sat and I listened for a few seconds to make sure I was, I, I was hearing what I was hearing. And sure enough, you could hear footsteps. It sounds like they were going back and forth, pacing almost. So at this point, I had had a baseball bat that my father kept in the house for protection. So when they weren't home, in case we needed to use it, I had it behind the couch and I reached for it and I cut through my, I left my living room and cut through my kitchen. And what I had to do was go in kind of an angle to go up to the stairs. So I stop at the foot of the stairs for a few seconds and I can hear these footsteps clear as day. At this point, I'm freaking out because I'm thinking, I think somebody broke in. Right. That was my first thought. Sure. Got the courage to walk upstairs. I didn't see anything at first. I looked at my room. The door was open. I didn't see anything. I went into the main room and my sister's room connected to my parents' bedroom. I walked around the room. I didn't hear anything. Like the footsteps off when I got to the top of the stairs, basically. And I don't see anything in, in either the, in, in any of the three rooms. And as I'm coming out, I look at the doorway and there is this hat man figure, seven feet tall. Mm. Blacker than black, standing in front of the doorway. I froze in fear. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Because I thought, okay, oh my God, this is the person that broke in. What am I going to do? And I'm I'm sitting there trying to, because at this point, you're frozen in fear, not expecting this kind of a thing to happen to you. And after what seems like an eternity it just looks at me and it turns and it walks out of the room onto the landing of the stairs. Now at this point I'm able to move and I, I want to know who this person is. I want to know what it was I was seeing. Mm-hmm. I run to the stairs cause I can hear the footsteps going down the steps. I was maybe not even a few seconds behind it. By the time I got up to the edge top of the steps, it was completely gone. Wow. Couldn't find it creeped me out in and like the feeling it was I searched that whole entire house I was the only person there and everything was locked mm, wow okay. so I wrote it off as just something 
dark that I've seen, and you know, I've seen my share of human spirits and inhuman spirits of all kinds, mm-hmm. being as gifted as I am. So a couple of months go by, and I have the same encounter. It's, you know, this time it's actually not a couple of months, I'm sorry. A couple of years go by, and I have the same encounter, same scenario, home by myself, with steps upstairs, go to check it, nobody's there, go to leave the room, he's blocking the door. What I noticed about him this time was what he was wearing was different. And I say this because if you if you know anything about the hat man, he tends to wear, people have reports of him wearing fedoras, mm-hmm. um, top hats with coattails, boots, mm-hmm. just anything you could think of. People have reported seeing this entity. And the first time I seen him, he had the, he had what looked like to me to be a cowboy hat and the boots. Oh, wow. But I seen him this second time in a row, it was a top hat and a coattails. Hmm. It so, was after. Mm-hmm. I, I was going to say, Jennifer, uh, this is probably five years ago. I worked on a case where the family was being haunted by a shadow figure with a top hat and coattails. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sounds like hat man to me. Mm-hmm. And around this encounter, one of my grandparents had gotten sick and passed away after the second encounter. And of course, afterwards, I kind of put, I was able to put two and two together. He decided to pop up right around the time one of my grandparents passes away. Hmm. And then my third and final encounter, because I had my, I had three encounters with this being, and this is something because it involves family members. I won't get too personal in the details, but this family member was sick and was taken to the hospital. And I went with one of my parents to the hospital and we were standing there uh, while they got, while my grandparent got taken to ER and we're in the waiting room. He shows up at the waiting room. Oh boy. Same as the first time I seen him before with the mm-hmm. cowboy hat and the boots. Just crazy. Oh, wow. And he's standing there just staring at me. And I'm, again, it's kind of just like, how do I get my parents' attention and tell them, hey, look, this is what's going on. There is something here that shouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. My parent in question had actually looked up and looked at me and looked in the direction that I was looking in and seen him. Wow. After we both made eye contact with it, he proceeded to turn around and walk through a wall. After he disappeared, we got word that that particular grandparent had passed away. Oh, Oh, I'm so sorry. Darn Hmm. it. So. Interesting. Very interesting. For me, those were some of the things that everybody has their share of encounters that they, that they'll never forget. And for me having these three encounters and having them affect me and affect my family to the way it is, to the way it has is something that you you don't normally just forget. Well, yeah. And a couple of years ago we were on a client case, a residential case in a different County here. And we're all getting out. There's a bunch of us together the first night we're there. 
um, bringing an equipment bin. So when one of our other investigators, who was new at the time, who's also sensitive, looks at me and goes, Jen. And I look up and I go, what's up? And he points up to the window and he goes, who's the man with the hat looking down at us? Oh, oh boy. boy. <laughs> I looked at him and I was thinking to myself, you've got to be kidding me. I look up. Same cowboy hat, standing in the window, watching everybody. Wow. And, Jen, can I can I ask a question? If if you were going to wear a hat or or something like that, what would be your preferred style? If I wore a hat, I'm not really a hat person. Well, um, I, I'm I'm wondering if they if this this entity is picking a particular thought from you and wearing the hat that you could most identify with or something. Hmm. I don't know. It's a possibility. I guess if I had to pick a style, it would be a fedora, but mm-hmm. I, I have heard that he has actually done that to other people to try and throw them off. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's interesting. Right. So this whole entire night, and this is what I say with the hats, every time different people would see this being, whatever part of the house we were in, mm-hmm. he was wearing a different hat. Hmm. Wow. Okay. And it, it was just, it was just creepy. We, you know, um, one of the other investigators that pointed out this, the hat man mm-hmm. was saying that he didn't like the feeling he was getting from him and we weren't going to get anything in communication because all the other times that I've seen him previously in my, throughout my teens, um, he never spoke. Hmm. And he always had that thing where he was there and he let you know that he was there. He wanted you to make sure you saw him and that you were scared. Mm-hmm. Because I believe that beings like this feed off of our fears. Sure. One of the strongest emotions. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in this instance, thank God nothing happened to me or any, my husband or our family afterwards or any of the investigators. But I just thought it was interesting that this one particular case, he just decides he's going to show up. Just to say, I'm still here. Right. I was just kind of like a reminder. You know, at this point, I didn't have any fear because I'd seen him all the times that I had just mentioned to you guys before this incident. Right. That I've just, I got used to him coming around. I haven't seen him since. And I am hoping and praying that I don't see this particular being anytime soon. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure too. And um those are my those are some of my scariest encounters. Oh wow. That wow. is very creepy. That's Good for sure. Story. Thank you mm-hmm. for sharing. Yes, yeah. thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. And yep, that was Jennifer Malik and her hubby Kevin. <laughs> yes, thank you guys so thank much. You. Those are mm-hmm. very nice creepy stories. Ooh. Yes. No problem. And uh, and they will be back, like I said, on August seventh. So. Uh, oh, wonderful! Just just wait for the event and join us that day too. Awesome. Jacob, would you like to play the commercial and then we can have another story? Yes. Okay. So uh, let's go to our promotion, and we'll be back in about a minute and a half. From Crimson Cloak Publishing, Patchman, Book One, in the series by author Rick Step Bowling. 
A prophecy declares a small child will decide the victory between two countries paralyzed by war. An old man sells magical patches on the ruined streets of Hagradis when a small, one-armed girl begs him to fix her doll. An imperial missile blast kills the little girl, Misha, but Var patches her back to life, and they flee marauding stormtroopers. Imperial High Command unleashes Ulan, a formidable assassin and mystic who chases the Patch Man and his ragged band of followers through a labyrinth peopled with powerful beings and monsters. Both the pursued and pursuers find themselves in life-or-death situations when they encounter the Greeter, a mysterious being who controls the entrance to parallel worlds populating the labyrinth. It is in these domains they discover clues to end the war, with little Misha as the secret key to ultimate victory and peace. Patchman is available now on Amazon and through all major retailers, ebook and paperback versions available from Crimson Cloak Publishing. so much Jennifer and Kevin those were nice creepy stories but I think I might have one to share oh let's really? hear it really? I think I might <laughs> Do tell. If, you know, if you don't mind you know but um, this actually happened a couple of years ago and it's one of those stories that you know at the time that it happens I, you know at first I don't really think it's that big of a deal, but afterwards it's like, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not my usual story that I share about, uh, um, about, you know, in Deer Lodge, the Montana state prison where I'm being followed by some creepy little, you know, and touched. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Reach but, out and touch, touch somebody. <laughs> but this one, um, actually happened a couple of years ago. Uh, our paranormal group called the advanced ghost hunters of Seattle, Tacoma. Uh, we got to investigate the Mansfield, Ohio state reformatory. And this is actually where they filmed, um, the Shawshank redemption. Ooh, if you are right, are you, familiar with that movie mm-hmm. um, I watched Morgan, it a night or two ago oh did you oh mm-hmm. so you're very familiar yep um so um you know we had this whole place basically to ourselves it was amazing it really was it's it's uh, an incredible uh, architecture it's an incredible prison but it's also of course you know it's a prison and it has a lot of uh, a lot of scary kind of stories and ghost sightings and everything like that with it. A lot of bad but, juju to dry off, yes, draw off on. Yes, lots mm-hmm. of bad juju. I think there's a lot of things about it. I can't remember the whole history, but um, but it really, you know, of course, like I said, it has a, a pretty bad history, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, well, over the whole night, I mean, several of us had quite a few personal experiences. Uh, you know, some people felt like they had their hair tugged. Uh, this one girl felt like, you know, she got her bottom slapped. Um, I mean, just <laughs> different, you know, little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so our group leader, who's named Ross, uh, decided to place each of us in different parts of the attic and turn off all the lights. Um, you know, not because it's scarier, but because it heightens everyone's senses. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't have to have the lights off when you investigate, but just 
to hear everything and feel everything when the lights are off, your sense your senses are a lot more heightened. Sure. So we're all standing in the dark um, and doing a kind of a group EVP session. And all of a sudden, I start getting goosebumps. And I start feeling really kind of nervous and and breaking out in a sweat. And it was really bizarre. My heart just started beating really, really fast. Next thing I know, even though it's dark, it starts to get darker and darker and darker. The little light that was coming through the windows start to completely disappear. And um, I mean, it just... It's like the blackest black. I, I can't even describe how dark it started getting. Um, that's when, I mean, that's when we were all really, really quiet and we didn't even ask any more questions, you know, while doing the EVP session. And that's when we start to hear footsteps. No one was walking up there. We were all standing completely still. still. But all of a sudden, we start hearing footsteps. And, you know, if you've never been in that situation where you're doing an investigation and it just starts getting darker, um, it's a little unnerving. And then when you start hearing footsteps walking towards you, and it's not even like normal footsteps. It's like clump, drag, clump, drag, clump. Mm-hmm. Egg. And it's like, what the hell? And um, it's like, I, it, it, I can't even describe it, you know. Um, but while that was happening, I don't think any of us were breathing. Then all of a sudden, somebody asks a question and it's like, who are you? And it's like it broke us out of that spell. And it started becoming a little bit lighter and a little bit lighter. And it, I mean, I, I just can't even tell you how, um, you know, after I started to breathe again, uh, you know, and then we all were like, whew, it was like, um, you know, like we kind of ran a marathon. It was really bizarre. We were so exhausted and so drained. Um, and at that time, too, we had our um, sensors on that kind of showed movement and everything like this. And it showed that something was walking around. And the only way it would show that is if something was next to that sensor. All of us were around the outside edges. We weren't even close. No one was moving. But it showed that you know, something was moving around there. The night vision camera showed, didn't show anything. So we know it wasn't, you know, a rat or anything like that. But uh, I do have to say that that was one intense EVP session. And, but that darkness that just kind of enveloped you and it just got colder and colder and it was really warm up there before. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I'm not saying that, you know, it was anything evil. I don't know. But, you know, we were in kind of a, 
you know, a place not known for, you know, lollipops and rainbows. True. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was extremely intense. I have not uh, had any, the only time I've had something close to that was when we, we, we did an EVP session at Roslyn Castle in one of the dungeon areas. Mm-hmm. And then that's when all of a sudden we got, we were also overcome with that dark blackness that just kind of, you know, blotted out everything. And, um, it was amazing, I have to say. Jacob, have you ever had anything like that on an investigation when you've investigated the blackness, the darkness? <laughs> well, probably. I haven't, I would say I haven't had really dark experiences like that. So I, like most of this stuff doesn't scare me. Like right. Is, but um, probably my first paranormal experience because I just didn't know what was going on Um, but officially in the ghost hunting when I'm actually doing an investigation and stuff and crazy stuff starts to happen that's when the curiosity factor kicks in and like I I run to it and I'm not afraid or anything like that but there my first paranormal experience did freak me out quite a bit Um, uh, I'm sure yeah. I don't know if I should tell it now or because I've got a guest I need to get on at eight. <laughs> but yeah, go for it. They can wait. Well, this is a story I hadn't planned on um, telling, but. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, so this was back in Chicago and it would have been about 2007. If you're familiar with Chicago, the neighborhood is Edgewater. So it's along the lake. It's probably three miles north of Wrigley Field. And the community, the apartment buildings there used to be really old hotels back in the day, you know, in the mm-hmm. 1910s, the 20s, the 30s, and by the 40s, things had changed. So I was living, uh, it was at the corner of Sheridan and Foster. So if you're familiar with the north side of Chicago, that should ring a bell. A big old luxury hotel converted now into 12 stories of apartment buildings. And it was like mid-afternoon on a hot summer day. And I walk into my elevator of the building. And I lived on the 12th floor at the time. So, you know, it's going to take me a little while to get to the top. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I get in, press the button. You know, that brushed gold interior door closes. And the (laughs) elevator starts to go up and it's whirring and creaking, you know, all the things that old elevators do Mm -hmm. when it goes clunk and stops between the sixth and seventh floors. Oh, crap. And I'm just like, I'm just Mm -hmm. like, oh, (laughs) 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 J-A-F. And I hit the, um, I hit the emergency call button and it's just static. (laughs) And the <laughs> elevator starts to rattle. Oh, my like God. Vibrating back and forth. And I'm like, oh, great. The emergency brake isn't going to work. It yes. is now pancake. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I would have thought. I'm yeah. doing. And so this, but the static got a little bit louder. And the rattling got louder and a bit more intense. And oh. over my shoulder, it's, there was it like a yellowish glow. So I'm like, uh, what is is like the power going crazy in this thing? Because I'm thinking old wires, okay? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And this thing, like normal height, 
glowing yellow light forms in the elevator. Right and in front of you? Right, yeah, right in front of me. And, you know, I'm just kind of slack-jawed, and I don't... It, it's the kind of thing that it probably only lasted three seconds, but it felt like five, ten minutes okay. kind of thing. And I'm looking at it. I, it kind of felt vaguely familiar with it, um, but you couldn't make anything out. It's just this glowing yellow human silhouette. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know what you are. You don't belong here. Y you got to go. And it left. Um, oh, wow. And then <laughs> the static on the intercom thing in the elevator went away. And it was hotel management. Um, actually, I think they had patched me over to the police by then. And they were just like, sir, 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 we're sending someone. You're going to be fine. You, you don't need to freak out. And of course <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I clipped. I clipped. Yeah. I laughed too much. I laughed too loud into my mic. I clipped. I saw the little red. Uh, oh. <laughs> and I'm just like, uh, can you like just like, can you just hurry up? And like two yeah. minutes later, the elevator started up. I went to the 12th floor. And, mm -hmm. and then management mm -hmm. came by. And so, so that was my weird paranormal experience that got me started in um, uh, investigating ghosts and other craziness. Oh, wow. Ghosts and other craziness. Yeah. That, that is very creepy. I don't know what I'd do if something like that happened. Yeah, I, yeah, I was, uh, I was, I, you know, I guess when you experience it the first time, you don't really have, you can't compare it to anything. To me, yeah. that's the scariest thing because I didn't have context. If nowadays, I would have like whipped out my Mel 8704 exactly. my <laughs> infrared camera. I'm like, hold still, we need pictures. I need to get some yeah. readings. Can I have your here's, blood pressure? Here's my recorder. I need to interview you. Yeah. <laughs> hold on a moment, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait right there. Please don't go. <laughs> you belong here. You need to stay. I know, right? <laughs> Um, so the chat session I'm in, I'm trying to line up the next guest, but the chat session I'm in on Skype is blocked or locked. Oh, So I need to get a hold of our next, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I'm trying to get a hold of, um, our guest and it's not letting me add people. So I love technology I... until I don't love technology. <laughs> I probably have Kim's if that's who you're going for. Uh, actually, it's Gabby. And... Okay, and I don't know. Who, I don't know her. Okay, they are ready. Um, let me okay. chat her um, Skype address. So, does while we're doing this, how about if I play my cutter story that I had queued up, and then cool. when we come back, we will have Gabby and hopefully Kim will have mm -hmm. a tale for us. Okay. Nice. So okay. here we go. This is Cutters. Daria suffered from depression and an eating disorder. She found relief by cutting herself. But it attracted a rare specter, one that wanted to take her life. Daria almost died at the hands of a cutter. Her life seemed simple enough. It was the mid-90s, and she lived in an upper-middle-class suburb of St. Paul, Minnesota. Her mother, an accountant, and her father, a car dealership owner, were happily married. She got along well with her hockey-loving older brother and had many close friends. But Daria had a deep, gnawing depression and hated her body. 
when her grandfather died, she collapsed into despair and started to cut herself. That mix of despair and blood may have attracted the cutter. I had been cutting myself for three months when it showed itself, she says. At first, it was a blurry, gray figure that watched me from my closet. The more I cut myself and cried myself to sleep, the more it took shape. Eventually, her father checked her into a treatment center in suburban Minneapolis. I never told the staff I cut myself, she says. I needed it as a vice. At that time, I had to cut to stop feeling so awful. Now, I realize the evil spirit made me do it. It had a strange hold on me. One night, Daria finally had the courage to break free from the cutter. I had a really bad day with my father and the doctors in therapy. I just wanted to go back to my room and make a deep cut, just let out all my pain. As soon as I got my kit, I turned around and the ghost appeared. It was at least seven feet tall and emaciated. You could see each rib in its chest and it also looked androgynous. There were blood-stained bandages and gauze wrapped over its arms, legs, and half its face. Only one black eye peered through the bandages. It was smiling, with coffee-stained teeth. While it seemed gruesome, it made Daria feel so warm, safe, and happy, she would do anything for it. The cutter led her to the bathroom and leaned her back against the side of the tub. It reached out and started stroking Daria's face, arms, and legs. She didn't notice that it was slicing deep into her skin. I couldn't see it had blades like scalpels in its fingers, but I didn't feel them, she says. I looked into its face and just nodded, yes. Things changed once it slashed her inner left arm from elbow to wrist. She began to bleed so much, it looked like someone painted the white tile floors with melted red crayons. As Daria's blood spurted and flowed down her arm, she told the spirit she wanted to live. That last spark of life may have saved her. Daria says it stood up like someone pulled a puppet by its strings, frowned and shook its head, no. I told it, I don't want to die. I want to live for my mom, dad, and brother. With that, it retreated to the bathroom and placed itself in the shadowy corner of a room, waiting and watching Daria crawl to the phone. It leered at me, staring at me with its one black eye. I could feel it send a wave of comfort and joy to me. It wanted to delay me from calling a nurse. If I did that, I'd black out and I'd die. She pressed zero for the nurse's station and muttered, help, into the phone. Then she passed out on the beige carpeting, next to the phone and in a growing puddle of her own blood. When I woke up, I was in an emergency room bed. My whole family was there and they gave me so much love and support. I knew my life was turning around. A few days later, her therapist visited her. He told her they found her cutting kit, but it didn't have anything like a scalpel in it. He wanted to know how she smuggled one into the center because they check for weapons. Daria says he wouldn't believe her. So she asked for everyone to put this behind them and focus on her future well-being. Daria has made a full recovery from her depression and eating disorder. 
She's now married and lives in Colorado with a 12-year-old daughter. Daria admits she does dig around her daughter's room for anything like a cutting kit. I know it's paranoid, but I don't want my daughter to have my experience. If I ever find a kit, or I think she has my depression, I want to get her help immediately and stop any supernatural beings. To date, the cutter has never bothered her or her family again. And we're back live. Theoretically, anyway. story. Thank you so much, <laughs> Jacob. That was awesome. Yes. Yeah. Completely. It, this one, you know, I, I gotta say, my favorite part of that story was doing the background music. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh well. Next up, we are going to have a two for one. Uh, <laughs> Gabby and Kim are going to be on here to tell some of their spooky little tales. So, Gabby, Kim, hello. Welcome. Oh, hello. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yay. Uh, We are super excited to be on here. Thanks for having us. Um, We just wanted to first give a little plug of our podcast that we have that is very related to what you guys do. Um, It is called A Ghost Stories. And it (laughs) is on... Um, Spotify. It is on Transistor. There's literally like all the ways to find it. Um, Basically, it's a podcast that involves Kim and I, who are both in A Ghost, which Mm -hmm. is, as you know, our our spoopy group of ghost hunters in the Pacific Northwest. And we talk about um, haunted locations within Seattle, um, personal experiences. We have Ross on on a couple episodes. Uh, we actually recorded our second episode in Spooked in we Seattle. Did. And Mark made an appearance. He did. Mark did. Wow. Yeah. Mark is yeah. going to be in our third episode, actually. Mm-hmm. And that's nice. going to come out probably next week. Um, but we are on Instagram as well. So it's a ghost, A G H O S T stories, S T O R I E S, in case you didn't know how to spell. Um, and there's a link to um, the direct way to listen to our podcast on there and then there's also little teaser photos of um things that we talk about on our episodes too so and i will drop these in the chat for the listeners so you got the link go out and visit transistor to hear these wonderful podcasts okay back to you thanks um as far as spooky stories go kim do you want to tell yours first sure uh i am a tour guide at spooked in seattle so I don't lack for weird things happening. Uh, <laughs> in so many ways. In so many ways. Not just spooky weird things. Sometimes just weird things. Uh, but I had this happen. I, I want to say it was maybe last. It was last summer, the summer before. It was long enough ago that I'm starting to forget which summer it was. Um, I was uh, taking my tour down into Merchant's Cafe. And uh, Merchant's Cafe has quite a long history. And one of the, well, two of the spirits that happen to reside at Merchant's Cafe are the spirits of two children who were killed uh, when a fire broke out in the building next door and they were trapped downstairs in the underground. Their spirits are seen a lot. Little girl is seen more often. Uh, Little boy is really shy, so he's not seen a whole lot. So I had a quite a large group. It was summertime. 
And our little boy on the tour who was, again, five or six years old. And uh, he stayed up with me the whole time because he was he was really into the spirits and the ghosts. And, <laughs> and so we we're the first two that come down the stairs into the underground. And we went around that little corner that's there. And his head snapped to the opposite corner. He's still alive. Yes. <laughs> like, uh, he snapped. Like, his neck didn't snap. It was his no, head. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> Listen, his neck didn't snap. As far as I know. Yeah. <laughs> Not like I've seen the kid again. I don't know. Maybe he was a ghost the whole time, too. <laughs> twist. A whole twist. That's, oh, man. That's a whole other level of twist. That's like <laughs> Shemlin. He aspires to twist like that. Um, so he looked over in the corner and he looked at me and he said, who's the little girl? And I, you know, I look in the corner. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Ever eloquent. Yes. Okay. Huh? <laughs> you guys should see Kim's face right now. I wish this was a visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> Which of course too, I'm looking all spiffy because I've got my full corset and long dress on. And then with my jaw just being like, huh? Uh, it's like what little girl honey yeah, like, but, um, what what girl and he goes the, the girl in the corner she's got a weird dress on and again like I mean I, I do this for a living um, not much creeps me out but when kids go all I see dead people I'm like shut it down shut <laughs> it down we are out Thank you and good night. No, no, thank you. And what, but see, at this point in time, he didn't know any of the stories. We had not shared, uh, shared a single story about merchants yet. Uh, no one else had taken the tour before. And he actually got kind of upset that nobody else seemed to see the girl. Huh. Like it, it upset him that we were not acknowledging her. And I'm like, I'll acknowledge her, but you need to understand, I don't see her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was, that was kind of upsetting to him. Um, cause he said that he saw her, uh, throughout a long, a lot of the time we were down there, but once he kind of realized she probably wasn't real, he didn't seem to want to go over to the corner. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Chicken. Um, <laughs> man, grow some balls, six-year-old. Uh, <laughs> You've got to give him oh seven God. years here, Kim. Give him seven years. Okay, we'll put the uh, E on this podcast for explicit. <laughs> I mean, you could be talking about bouncing Exactly. That's true. That's, right. huh. That's true. Growing basketballs. Okay. Basketballs? Uh, yes. Grow some basketballs. Grow in the garden. Grow your own basketballs. <laughs> we could go so far off on so many ball tangents right now. But... My cousin's last name is Ball, and sometimes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Someone stop me. <laughs> All right. And th- is there anything else in the story besides the balls? No, well, then we had to keep going on the tour. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Just... what's, what's really interesting, though, um, is a long time ago when Ross was doing an investigation down in Merchants in the Basement area, he actually was writing, you know, his notes and everything like this. And he looks up and he sees a child size black shadow. Oh, and- yeah. He looks over there, and all of a sudden, it runs behind, you know, the the one area in the back of Merchants on the bottom floor, and it runs back there and just disappears. And he's like, "Whoa!" So 
Mm. You know, even he has seen it. So what I've had them when I've walked up the stairs before, uh, cause you know, we, we go down ahead of time to see if we can go down into the underground because sometimes right. there's customers down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, multiple times I've gone down the stairs, checked to see if it was okay. And it's, only when it's deserted down there, I'll turn to go back up the stairs and I feel something tugging at the top of my skirt, not the bottom, like it's catching on the steps, but like, it makes me think of a little kid trying to get your attention by by tugging on your, your skirt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, I turn around, there's nothing there, but it's happened a handful of times now. Wow. That's pretty cool. And we have more experiences about uh, merchants we on do. our podcast mm-hmm. so if you want to hear more tune in. i would love to plug plug uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh so i have a lot of experience stories but um this one is not in seattle this one actually my boyfriend and i recently went to um the winchester mystery house like three weeks ago maybe it was a month ago i don't remember time is hard i know uh, but we went and it was 107 degrees in Whoa. San Jose. And oh, nice. Oh. <laughs> well, there's literally nothing to do in San Jose. In case you ever wonder, you should fly in to see the Winchester Mystery House <laughs> and fly out that evening. There's okay. To do. Good to know. But listeners, <laughs> if you are from San Jose, we love you very much. Tune in yes. next week. Sorry. Come and visit us. <laughs> yeah. Get out of the heat. Come to yeah, Seattle. Come to Seattle. True. It's, it's nice. It's like 60 degrees here today. Like we literally went to see a movie in a movie theater because our Airbnb had no air conditioning and we needed air conditioning. But uh, guess what else doesn't have air conditioning? The Winchester Mystery House. Um, So, and that place has so many different floors and you better bet your butt that I brought my EMF detector Uh and my um, uh, thermal camera to this ghost tour at like 11 (laughs) a.m. on a Monday. (laughs) (laughs) And, but it's just funny because you could tell that there were people there that were like, Oh my God, I'm so spooked out. I'm so, I'm so stressed right now because this place is so haunted. And like, I pull out my stuff and they're like, Oh my God, what's happening? (laughs) Fully terrified. Let me get my spirit box. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like you should have seen like, um, so my boyfriend's like, not as into ghost hunting as, as we are, but he got really into it for the Winchester mystery house. And it was really fun, but it was interesting. We didn't see a lot of stuff going on there until we got to the basement. So there's a story that one of the workers who, um, Sarah Winchester hired, she actually, they were talking on the tour, how she would pay all of her workers, her maids, all the people who like built the home, maintain the home. She would pay them like three to four times the amount that they would normally make anywhere else at the time. So they were all super loyal to her because much she paid them. So um, this one man uh, tragically passed away while building a certain part of the building. And apparently his apparition has been seen with a wheelbarrow throughout the lower parts of the house. And they definitely see him in the basement and there was a very significant like vibe change when you would go from like the first floor to the basement area. So it wasn't as like weird and creepy as they make it out to be with all the stairs and doors opening to nothing. Like, yeah, there were a few of those, but it was a house, you know, and it was just a really old house. But the interesting thing about the house is that all the ceilings were very low because Sarah Winchester was like 
four eleven, and they made the the house for her height. So I am five one, and I was still like ducking. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so when you get to the basement, you're like you're you're hunched over because you can't stand up all the way. So you're in the basement, you can't stand up all the way, and you have to keep in mind like all these workers are not five one or like four eleven. They're all like normal people. So they say that th- this guy is seen in the basement. Um, pushing a wheelbarrow. And so I have my EMF detector and I know there's lots of things that could make EMF go off. So I'm not being as like attentive to it, but in the basement, there's no electricity at all. Um, There are people around, but I wasn't super close to them and it kept spiking. And so my boyfriend grabs it and goes into this corner where there's no, nobody, nothing, but he goes there because there's a wheelbarrow sitting there. And we were like, huh, I wonder, and I'm like holding my, um, my thermal camera in that direction and it's black in that area, like pitch black, everything else you have to remember 107 degrees, right? It's everywhere. Black means it's like cold. So this one specific area was super, super cold. And my boyfriend walked over, asked some questions with the EMF and it started to spike when he was asking the questions. So we didn't physically see anything, um, down there, but I just find it very interesting that it was that cold that there were spikes with the EMF and it was responding like to specific questions. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. What kind of questions did you ask that, uh, you were getting the spikes? Um, like, is there anyone here with us? Um, are you a man? Did you used to work here? Did you have a recorder going to, or I didn't have enough stuff okay. with me. And I understand. <laughs> honestly, like it wasn't, it was us trying to be bootleg because they told us right. that we weren't allowed to. And I guess, and June, I remember you were asking me, did you take like video or pictures? Are you allowed to, they allow you to take pictures there, but they don't allow you to take any video. Oh. So <laughs> I had my like, I had my video going. I'm like, I don't care. I did my video with the um, thermal though. So the thermal wasn't really picking up on the other things that were happening. It was just straight color. Um, But as far as like a regular camera going, we, I I didn't have the ability to do that, but we weren't really treating it like a regular investigation. Exactly. Yeah. With all the people there and everything. That's interesting though. But we yeah. did almost like lose our group by doing this because Whoops. they were going. <laughs> See? Damn them. Don't I, know. About I, just, us. I Don't kind of purposely us. wanted to get lost in the Winchester mystery. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> I think they went this way. Damn, another staircase going they find the, To find them two weeks later them. gnawing on carpeting. Yeah. <laughs> that would be more interesting than the Winchester movie. Oh, oh for sure. The Winchester movie is all much that. They had the entryway was like Disneyland, basically, <laughs> where it's just a like a shop that has all different kinds of tchotchkes that all say like Winchester Mystery House all over them. It's legit Disneyland. Yeah. <laughs> they have like a hearse with like all the DVDs of the Winchester Mystery or the Winchester um, nice. movie. Nice. And yeah. I guess. I I well, I, I'm sorry. I stopped listening after hearse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile, my side job, just kidding. Not really. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh yeah. But yeah, that's a little bit of a spooky, more of an investigative spooky experience. Investigatingly spooky. Yeah, we're and done with this report. One moment, one moment. I just need to. That's the no. No. Oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs>
It's I counting down. I demand my applause. <laughs> we got 12 seconds of applause. Yay! Yay! Like that. That's a long applause. It is. Yeah. It is. But that's good. That's good. <laughs> because we're that cool. We're that's so amazing. Cool. Oh I was God. actually thinking about setting my alarm clock to to play applause. You know, when I get up in the morning, <laughs> and I just get up and bow. I mean, it's also just. I feel like I should be applauded for the fact that I am getting up. Yeah, mm. exactly. Like I've just earned this. I'm it. getting up right now. You did it, June. You did it. Me. You've made it. I've done it. <laughs> Give me credit for this. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you guys. That was pretty awesome. Thanks it's like for both coming. stories. Yes. We, yeah. There's so many things that happen in Pioneer Square in Seattle. Uh, mm. People, even though it's such a new city, I say that it's pretty new. It's a new city. We have a lot of ghostly activities. I, know, I, I was going to say, I have researched Pioneer Square and their haunts because it's only, just wait, let me go to my website so I get my facts right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in that little area in June, you can tell a ghostly story while uh, we're doing, while I'm Oh, you want this me to tell up. a ghostly story? Yeah, but I got to find the page <laughs> and then I, I'll throw some facts out there and it'll be fun. I can share one um, story that uh, we actually tell sometimes in um, at uh, Spooked in Seattle when we're kind of giving a little tour on underground um, there. Uh, but one of the stories is my friend Medea was using the women's restroom at the time. So there was a door on the outside of the women's restroom, and her daughter Savannah was on the other side of the door. So Savannah is actually throwing a full-blown fit. She is crying and screaming and, you know, just sobbing about something, have no idea what it, what it was about. And she stops for a minute, and she's a about ready to let out another big wail about something when all of a sudden they both hear a woman say oh don't cry <laughs> just like that uh -huh. And, of course, Medea's like, who in the hell is in the bathroom with us? And she flings open the door while she's sitting on the toilet. And no one was there. And Savannah and both of their, you know, Savannah's eyes are really wide and looking around and nobody else in the bathroom. But Savannah did stop crying. <laughs> at least for a little bit <laughs> so that was a very short scary story but that was you know pretty creepy mm -hmm. and now of course anytime Medea uses the bathroom at Spook she has to bring her recorder in with her uh, <laughs> I think she's going to record some demons from one of the deeper bowels of hell <laughs> <laughs> the bowels of hell <laughs> no offense Medea <laughs> that's only after the Mexican food <laughs> um, mm, mm. Mm. Yes, we've heard some of those demons sometimes. <laughs> investigations. Yes. Like, what in the hell did you eat before you came on this investigation? <laughs> True. <laughs> Gotta stay away from the spice yes. and the fiber. Or you need to go and eat something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need to go eat something because your stomach is like, yeah. make a cheese. A loaf of bread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cheese. Please. Some cheese. Unless you're lactose intolerant, the nut cheese. Yeah, nut cheese. <laughs> But, okay, here we go. Quick stats. Quick stats about Pioneer Square. 28 known haunts in 15 blocks. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. We got lots there in Pioneer yeah. Square. And if you do we got water all around us, we mm -hmm. have um, how many? I mean, I mean, if you really think of all the factors that we have in Pioneer Square, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So there was the tragedy of a fire, though. It didn't really have a body count unless you count rats. Yeah, lots of rats. They say it was about a hundred thousand rats. So yeah, there's a whole lot you of know, rats. <laughs> that could add up and really big time. About a quarter of well, them. I'm yeah. just <laughs> saying, you know, you just fricasseed like a hundred thousand rats. That's some good barbecue. People could eat after that disaster. <laughs> but I think that they were, you know, <laughs> it was more jerky, rat jerky. Uh, after they would have been that. scrawny. Yeah. <laughs> It's not like a Chicago alley rat for sure. That thing's as big as a possum. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah, we're talking New York rats. rats. <laughs> I told you that story where you know my friend and I thought it was a cat in the bush, and I was like, "Oh, what's wrong with that cat's tail?" <laughs> Poor little kitty must have got you know car must have ran over the tail. And then my friend Denise looks at me and goes, "Uh, June, that's not a cat. We need to move." <laughs> How do you You've feel got about to the be plague? <laughs> it's like one of those. What's those little rodents in Australia? That cute little, uh, bear, not um, those cute little rodents, and not little, but they're big rodents in Australia. The little beloved, Koala. they're beloved wombats. Yes, wombats. It's a oh, little wombat. Cute. Those I are know. cute, actually. It's like, but it's close to that size. Well, not that big, well, that, but that's they're pretty just, big. That's like. A rat on steroids then yes is, yeah. <laughs> i mean i'm serious you know at least they're they're bigger than kittens <laughs> very true so. <laughs> anyway um yeah. so wendy do you have a that's story? me <laughs> we've been flapping our gums a lot and we haven't heard from our miss schindler well i do have one that's pretty Flippin' scary. Okay. It was about, it would have been the late 90s or early 2000, and uh, had my own house down there in Northtown and came up, came down sick. I, I was real sick with a sinus infection, tonsillitis, all that fun stuff. Oh, man. And, and I'm in bed at night, sound asleep, and I wake up and I'm hearing thump, thunk, thunk, thunk. And it sounds like it's coming from above my bed on the wall, like something is pounding in the thunk-thunk type of, of manner. And I, I was really sick, and I'm starting to freak out, going, oh, my God, you know, oh, my God. If, if something is there that I'm not seeing, it's on the other side of the wall, hovering about 10, 15 foot up the uh, stairwell to the basement, right? Mm -hmm. And and my dog wouldn't go into the basement when I first moved in there. So oh that would, that was creep factor all on its own, but, um, Patrick wasn't scared of anything. Uh, well, except air breaks, but anyway, this goes on for, you know, like 10 minutes and I'm hearing thunk, 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 thunk. And I'm freaking out and just getting more and more paranoid. And I can't hardly, I, I'm not going to get out from under the covers because that's the only safe place to be, right? Right. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, okay, why isn't Patrick all over this? What's going on? I look over, Patrick's sound asleep. I'm going, <laughs> hmm. 
So, you know, I'm going, oh, my God, oh, my God, my mouth is getting more and more dry. My heart is racing. Am I about to stroke out? Maybe. Thunk, thunk. Thunk, thunk. And I go, man, my mouth is dry. I got to thunk, thunk. And I went, thunk, thunk. Yes, my mouth is getting dry and I need to get some thunk, thunk. Okay. Sorry, guys. It was just my tonsils. (laughs) (laughs) See, real life is scarier than fiction. Yes, it is much scarier. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. I understand that. So uh, there, there was one time when um, my asthma was really bad and I was, I was sick and I woke up to someone, it sounded like somebody screaming. It was like, and I was like, oh my God, you know, cause I was by myself. My, my roommate had, um, she was house sitting someplace. I was all by myself and I'm hearing this. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And, and, you know, it woke me out of a deep sleep and it was, of course, my lungs, I was, mm-hmm. You know, I was rasping for breath and it was just making these noises. And it was like, oh, my God, (laughs) my heart was beating so fast because I was like, who's screaming at Mercer Island? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody screams in Mercer Island. It's very conservative. (laughs) (laughs) That means if someone was screaming, no one would come to help. No, they probably would, actually. Oh. The They're probably like, you in know, 50. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> they probably would, actually, because, you know, they, they people actually do care here, so it's amazing. See, this is what <laughs> happens when you're all jaded and coming from a place east of the Mississippi River. That's true. That's in, true. In Chicago, you really, you got to yell fire. <laughs> and the people go, oh. <laughs> and they go, how big? Fine. How big's this fire? Uh, it's only two alarm. Or, or the guns start going <laughs> off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. I would say it's not as bad. It's not as wild west there as you think. But... <laughs> <laughs> we love fire! you, Chicago. <laughs> I, I I lived there forever. I love that city. I love you, Chicago. You can send hate mail to. Um, Wendy at no, joking. <laughs> so bad. Oh my gosh. Bring it, you know baby. I've only been through Chicago one time and I haven't like even walked I haven't walked the streets of Chicago. So Wow. Oh yeah, it's it's always worth a visit. I would I would love to like see more and, and go haunts. to uh, what is it the not Bachelor's Grove? Yeah. Yeah, Bachelor's Grove. Yeah, Bachelor's Grove Cemetery and um Resurrection. Isn't it Resurrection Cemetery yeah, okay. is there too? So, yeah, yeah. So let's just let me just yeah. Okay. You want break it break it. I know me. we're talking spooky stories, but the only thing you're gonna find scary at Resur- Resurrection is a bunch of Canada geese shit. Oh um, that's yeah. 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 Um yeah. <laughs> it's a big, beautiful cemetery. You're going to get a lot of, if you are really into, like, where you take the etchings of the gravestones, Resurrection is a wonderful place to go for that. But if you're there to, like, look for ghosts, there's some things you need to know about Resurrection Cemetery. It's on a busy highway that never stops. It's on the air, or was it the flight path to Midway Airport? So So there's always jets. It's next to the train tracks, and there's always a train coming through. <laughs> oh, wow. So yeah. it is very noisy, then. <laughs> it's noisy, even at night. 
Um, and the other thing is it's known for Resurrection Mary. Just so you know, other than Resurrection Mary, which is the, the um, disappearing hitchhiker ghost mm-hmm. that you've heard about, sh- she hasn't been seen since 1989. So we oh, don't so. know if she has the energy the has finally dissipated or she just decided to move on. We don't know. And but the noise is like, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that could be. I mean, when, when uh, I forgot the lady's name, I think they said uh, Ursula Bielski, who runs the Chicago Ghost Tour. She did a lot of research into Resurrection Mary. And in her case, I believe it was a Polish teen girl mm-hmm. um, that was hit by a car. And it was in the 1920s that it happened. I believe hmm. you're correct. And I only know from, yeah, stories I've seen or heard or read or something. Yeah, yeah there's I can't remember so name, many though. stories of it, though. You know, it's mm-hmm. like one is that she was hit by a car. Another that she was in a car accident coming home from the dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the dance. Um, yep, the dance is true. It's yep. just the yep. death itself is like 50-50. She got hit by a car. She was in a car accident. Shrouded in mystery. But it's very sad. Yeah, and then the other thing is with Bachelor's Grove, I've done plenty of investigations out there. Um, It's really easy to get to. Don't go at night. They will haul your ass to jail. Oh, (laughs) that's good to know. Yeah. Well, there's been so much desecration there, right? No, actually, Um, it's been rebuilt. Oh. Yeah, so there is, um, it's now part of a state park. I think it's uh, Rio Woods. I could be wrong on that. Um, And... They, they've repaired a, gr- a lot of the tombstones, and it's protected now. Like, police do patrol. Wow. Things have kind of died down at Bachelor's Grove. Hmm. Um, but, Interesting. You know, all I can say is just let the <coughs> teenagers have a party there once or twice, and and maybe we can film that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wonder my God, poor Sally went flying across into the pond, and this thing came out and grabbed her and pulled her into the pond and drowned her. It was awful. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Like, cool. Can we go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring our recording family. I wonder if you can get permission, though. I wonder if they would let you, if you um, yeah. got so permission. To... You would have to go through, uh, the town is Midlothian. And they do have a website like for it. They Scotland. said they weren't, they yeah, a, and they weren't issuing, I mean, I haven't checked to go to Bachelor since I moved out west, and that's like 2013. But at that time, um, you, anyone can go during the day. It's just a public cemetery, and it's on a state park. So you can go down the road uh, to the cemetery. It's not that big. Um, and, but they used to have permits to be there after dark. But I really think they got rid of that, I, even though, like, you can just hop the fence and go in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you can hop co- the fence. You're talking to me. Hop the fence. Well, so the <laughs> fence by uh, the highway isn't high and you could you could get over that one and stuff the one that's the official path is like a high fence so maybe not that (laughs) one but the gate's like open oh yeah even so i'm telling people to trespass after dark not really they will (laughs) drag you the cops will take you next batch of hate mail yeah (laughs) i I mean you can always you know you can always play very dumb and say i didn't know we do things like this all the time where i'm from you can go into cemeteries here is my state identification notice it does not say the illinois on it Exactly. <laughs> never know. And well you know one thing i loved about scotland is you know you you were 
fine, you know, in Edinburgh, just walking mm-hmm. through the cemeteries at night. They even had um, ghost tours at midnight mm-hmm. uh, there, and and a lot of people cut through the cemeteries to go to the school. There's like the a school there that uh, they filmed some Harry Potter scenes. It's really a cool old gothic, you know, huge school that's right past the um, um, uh, Greyfriars Gray Friars Bobby Cemetery. You know, I don't know if you you know that story Mm-mm. about Greyfriars Bobby, uh-uh. the little the little dog that yes, uh, mm-hmm. yes. oh god, that yep. just broke my heart. But this, but this little dog, you know, would um, after its owner passed away, the little dog he would go to the cemetery every single day. Well, at first, you know, they would don't didn't allow pets in the cemetery, but this little dog insisted to go every single day and he laid on his master's grave every single day until he finally passed away. I know the story. Oh, it's horrible. It I just know. makes my heart just break. Mm-hmm. It's just like so, so but when he finally passed away it was the big news, you know, thing. Everybody talked about the little dog finally passed away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though they weren't supposed to um, you know, bury animals in there, they they finally um they finally, I think, did. I think at first they didn't, but now they made it okay to bury um, the dog with their owner in in Bot Greyfriars Bobby. Mm-hmm. So they, have, they put a little monument statue, and the statue they have outside the restaurant um, of the little dog, and you're supposed to, you know, rub its little nose, and and it's supposed to give you good luck. But uh, now the the statue just has a little shiny nose and. You know, all. Mm. <laughs> but it's really cool though inside because some of the graves are, um, you know, from the the fifteen sixteen hundreds, and it's just like wow, and the mausoleums, and oh, it's incredible, especially walking through there at night. But it's really well lit, mm. so it's not like you're, you know, stumbling around in the dark. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, you know, for for a for a cemetery, but mm-hmm. it's inc- incredible. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so, are we ready for another story? Because I've got some Bloody Mary queued up. Yes, go ahead. Let's hear some Bloody Marys. Okay, so let me play this. And we'll be back. Now, this one, the format, it's a Bloody Mary. It starts with some history of the person um, Bloody Mary was in life. And then it's a spooky tale based in the suburb of Chicago, since we were talking about Chicago. Glenn Allen. So (coughs) let me play this and we'll be back in approximately seven minutes and 20 seconds. Cool. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) North of Chicago lies a little idyllic town called Wadsworth. It sits in Lake County, not far from Lake Michigan. It has a bit of history to it. During the Civil War, the town was one of the final spots on the Underground Railroad. The escaping slaves would find their way to farms and seek shelter. But in Wadsworth, safety wasn't what they found. Many farmers in the area would offer their barns to the escaping slaves it would be a a final spot to rest before they made their way into Wisconsin and off to Canada. If 
they found themselves on the farm that belonged to Mary Ward. Well, they didn't get a chance to rest. You see, Mary was sick. The slaves would be shackled. She would lock them up. She would beat them. She would whip them. She would burn them. And she would cut their limbs off. When they died from these horrible acts, she buried them in the fields behind her barn. Eventually, the townspeople got wind of what was happening, and they came out to the farm and discovered the bodies and injured slaves shackled to barn posts. They grabbed Mary in a fit of rage, and they tied her up and burned her alive. As she died, she screamed a curse on the town, saying that anyone that invoked her name would meet a horrible fate. That Mary Ward has become Bloody Mary today. In another idyllic little town, Glen Ellen, just west of Chicago, four friends settled in for a night of sangria and juvenile fun. They had just finished finals week at different universities scattered across the Midwest. The four friends hadn't seen each other in more than a year, and they wanted to have a childhood theme for the night. It was likely the last night they would see each other for quite some time. They decided on a seventh grade sleepover, one of their favorite activities they did as kids. Now that they'd all reached 21, they introduced some alcohol to their shindig. They jettisoned their Capri Sun juice drinks or some sangria and talked about their boyfriends, not their middle school crushes. And Carly wanted to play their favorite game, Truth or Dare. It seemed harmless enough. Most of the young women picked the truth option and told each other sordid tales of sorority parties, wild spring breaks, and hookups. But Megan chose Dare, and Carly sent her into the bathroom to summon Bloody Mary. The other two ladies, Samantha and Jade, gasped at the thought of calling a killer spirit, but voiced their support for it after a quick slug of the sangria. They needed some liquid courage, after all. Megan didn't seem bothered by the request. She stood, took a long drink, and made her way to the bathroom. Jade handed her a candle and told her to keep the light off and to speak loudly and clearly. The ladies would listen on the other side of the door. If they couldn't hear and understand Megan, then she'd get another dare, and this one would be worse. Megan entered to the bathroom, flipped the light switch to off, and left the door slightly open, just enough for a peering eye to see her. In front and above the bathroom sink was her standard rectangular mirror with the shower and Megan reflected in it. Megan wasn't happy with the dim candlelight made her look like she had bags under her eyes. She flipped her dark brown hair back and leaned into the mirror, casting a glance at the door to make sure her friends saw her. Megan saw Carly's little beady green eye fixed on her. Megan repeated, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, 
five times in all. But she did say it in the way a stage actor would do it with the, the drama you would hear on Radio City Music Hall, one of those Broadway productions. The bathroom remained still for a few seconds after she finished saying that dreadful name. Then, the candle flickered, sparked, and flared bright enough to fill the bathroom like it was daylight. Megan stepped away from the mirror as her friends flung open the door and turned on the light. Samantha hugged Megan. They all asked if she was okay. Megan was stunned, stepped back, but she raised her hand and pointed at the mirror. There was something in the reflection. More like someone in the reflection, but it was none of the girls. A dark silhouette had formed. Second by second, it grew more detailed. It was a female. You could tell by the length of its hair. She was pale, almost chalk white, with chubby cheeks, a button nose, and thin pink lips. Black veins crawled across her temples. Her eyes were sunken in with black circles, and her eyes were lemon yellow. The figure seemed aged. It glared at Megan, lifted its index finger, and wagged it no. Carly sprung into action and took a metal soap dish from the sink counter. She hurled it into the mirror, shattering it into dozens of plintering shards. Each fell like a twinkling star to the beige tile below. Bloody Mary never manifested in the other mirrors. The next day, Carly had the house blessed by a priest. There have been no signs of the specter at the house since this event. This has been Ghostly Activities. That was nice. Very, very nice. Thank you, Jacob. Yes, yeah, thank you. It's another one where I like the music more, but okay, thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, well, we've had a really, really fun show tonight and just yes. want to thank everybody that have, that participated. Everyone who's not out shooting off fireworks or, yes. you know, shooting off limbs um, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. Please be safe. That's right. No, if you are shooting off fireworks illegally, please let us know so I can hurry up with my K2 and infrared camera. Exactly. <laughs> when you have some more ghostly activity out there. You know, I, I, I do like the increase in the ghostly population. <laughs> Yes, I think six billion little miracles is enough. I think we're close to eight now. <laughs> oh, yes, it's eight now. Oh, God. Now, have either of you ever gone to any of those mounds, like the Cahokian mounds in uh, in Illinois there on the other, on the uh, east side of St. Louis, Missouri? Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they've got the mountains in Wisconsin too. So uh, and also I thought they did. Yes. In uh, in Moundsville, Ohio too. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's That's Moundsville. Right. It's actually mm-hmm. named after the mound. 
<laughs> but have you investigated them at all? Yeah. I, or, you know, uh-uh. just done little EVP sessions late at, okay. I would like to do that. It'd be very interesting. I agree. I, that would be fun. Yeah. And what's the place on um, Children of the Grave? It's the Christopher St. Booth's movie about um, the the children and everything after this orphanage. And they found this huge mass grave and they were doing an EVP session. You know, I mean, I don't know if it was real, you know, things like that. But it really kind of gave me goosebumps um, when they were doing an EVP session. And it sounds like all these children just screaming at once. It's I like, can see the picture, but I can't remember the name of the place. So yeah, I can't. Wait, I f- well, we'll I've, have to look that up. Yeah, I've got some. I'm dropping some info in the chat right now. Oh, nice. Of course you are. Because I'm. Well, <laughs> if you would like, I can end our show with a sweet little story about a game you can play. Where did you find the story, (laughs) June? Well, this story is from Haunted Toys by David Weatherly and Ross Allison. I see. Yes. So, um, this this, uh, little game, sounds like it's a lot of fun, is called Hide and Seek Alone. (laughs) Now, I'm going to read this story out of there, so please be patient with me. You know, I don't have my readers that I really don't need. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But... Um, I'm going to read it. So it's called Hide and Seek Alone. We can all reminisce back to our childhood and remember the games we played. One game I recall was Out to See the Ghost Tonight. Very, very similar to the classic Hide and Seek, but only played at night or in the dark. Here, one person, the ghost, counts out loud the hours of the day until they've reached midnight. At the same time, the others would hide from the ghost. At the call of midnight, the ghost, in quotes, would wander around trying to find their victims one by one. And when they fa- and when they were found, you yelled, you're dead! <laughs> Until they were all found. A game any future ghost hunter would enjoy. However, there is one game of hide and seek most would be too frightened to play, especially alone. In the dark. Yes. The game is called Hitori Kakurendo. Hitori Kakurendo, a dangerous Japanese hiding game that involves a possessed doll, a sharp knife, and only yourself. I would never encourage anyone to tempt fate, but I feel but I feel a warning should be applied whenever taking matters into your own hands when dealing with unknown spirits. Hitori Hitori Kakurendo is a form of ritualistic game that calls upon spirits of what some believe are demons that will seek you out. The game truly pushes your senses to the limits, playing cat and mouse with the haunted doll while hiding in the darkness and waiting for some sort of sign of the doll drawing closer and closer and closer. Anyway, (laughs) to play the game, you need a doll you can cut open and fill with uncooked rice. A needle and red thread, a cup of salt water, a knife, an AM-FM radio, and a small enclosed space where you can hide. 
Okay. Like a fall. coffin. Yes, like a, like a little coffin. A, a small gently coffin. used coffin. Yes, <laughs> gently used coffin. <clears throat> Hopefully none with bodily fluids in it. True. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> yes, thank you. Follow these steps very closely. One, cut open the dollar and remove any filling and replace it with the uncooked rice. Asian cultures believe rice will attract spirits. Two, a clipping of your hair or fingernails must be placed inside the doll as well. By doing this, you are now binding the doll to you and you alone. <sighs> Three, take the needle and red thread and sew the doll up. Also use any extra thread to wrap around the doll. This signifies blood and will bind the spirit to the doll. Number four, fill a sink or bathtub with water. Number five, find your hiding spot and place the cup of salt water there. Number six, now you must choose a name for the doll. It is believed that naming the spirit gives the entity more power. Myrtle. Yes. <laughs> Maybe something a little more creepy. <laughs> Number seven, the game begins at 3 a.m. At the time, you stand next to the sink or bathtub holding the doll and say, your name is Myrtle, out loud. <laughs> then whisper into its ear three times, your name is it. So I guess then whisper into its ear three times, your name. So if I then whisper into its ear three times, June, June, June is it. <laughs> Submerge the doll in the sink or tub, then turn the radio onto a static channel with the volume up loud enough that you can hear it in your hiding place. You will then grab the knife and start turning off the lights in the house as you make your way to your hiding spot. Once you are in your hiding location, close your eyes and start counting to 10. After counting, return to the doll with the knife in hand. Confront the doll and say, I found you, Myrtle. Then stab <laughs> the doll three times with the knife. Stab, stab, stab. Now it's the doll's turn. Remove the doll from the water and whisper three times in its ear. Now, Myrtle is it. Myrtle. <laughs> place the doll back in the water with the knife by its side. So you need to place the doll back in the water and leave the knife with the doll. If all that wasn't creepy enough, by this point, those brave enough to have played the game reported hearing the sounds of tiny feet running through the house, mm. the radio static sound changing or turning off, a child's laughter, and strange noises of knocking on the walls. Others have even said they have experienced dramatic temperature changes, horrific smells, followed by the feeling of being touched or pulled. Once you feel the presence of the doll approaching, you must end the game. You do this by quickly taking a mouthful of the salt water, but don't swallow it. It must remain in your mouth until you find the doll. It is also important that you don't look behind you. Keep calm, for you may be surprised to find the doll is not where you left it. And now you must find it before all the salt water leaks from your mouth. Once the doll is found, now spit the water onto the doll and say three times, I win, I win, I win. After doing so, now remove the red thread. This will unbind and free the spirit 
bringing the ritual to an end. But to be sure the game is completely done, dry the doll and discard it. Some have burned the doll while others have buried it. So. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. <laughs> I am tired just thinking about doing all this to that doll. Yeah. Can we like, you know how they got college hunks moving junk? Can we get like some of them to do this? You know, I bet we could actually. Okay. It's like, <laughs> hey, you want to pay off your tuition? No, you don't have to do that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that sounds like a fun game. There's other fun games in there, too. So if you'd like to read more, you go and go on Amazon and and uh, buy the haunted toys. Yes, I do have the book. It's amazing. And then David Weatherly just came out with a new book on eerie dolls, too. That you... Yes. And Mr. Creepy is actually featured in it. He so. is chapter two. Yay! Yeah. <clears throat> well... Anybody else have anything they'd like to say before we call it a night? Um, except for next week, we've got uh, Linda S. Godfrey on with us. It's probably Linda Sue, because, you know, I'm a Wendy Sue. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, we'll have that next week. And the following week, I've got to get the more information. I He at least confirmed that he intended to be here. But it'll be Jason Kupzik. Uh, doing the Casey uh, Paracon this year. He he wanted to be on and uh yeah. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so and I believe that's mid continent paranormal that he has, but I'm not Ooh. positive on that one. Like mid continent library. I remember that place. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise I believe we've covered just about everything for this evening. Okay. Wow. Well, let's give a th- shout out to Crimson Cloak Publishing and Radio Network and yes, Carly, thanks. who sponsors mm-hmm. the show. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for letting us raid your space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the outro track tonight, yes, we have Cage the Elephants, Ain't No Rest for the Wicked. <laughs> so, with that, gentle listeners we bid you a good night until next week good night good night Out the corner of my eye, I saw a pretty little thing approaching me. She said, I never seen a man who looks so all alone. Could you use a little company? If you pay the right price, your evening will be nice and you can go and send me on my way. I said, You're such a sweet young thing, why you do this to yourself? She looked at me and this is what she said Oh, there ain't no rest for the wicked. Money don't grow on trees. I got